less than 2,000. The podcast. You gave it an extra space after one in action, just so you know. I know. You're going to be rhythmic. No, because I'm trying I'm trying to get you to push the button at the same time I do. You always push it after I say action, whereas you should be pushing it as I say action. Now Three, I am, two, now one, I am doing action. it. That's why That's that you because gave I it the gave extra it the delay. Bait. You gave it the delay, so now I, I hit it before you. So you actually watched this last night, and so did I, right? Yep. So we actually both just watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes, I had to break it up over two nights because I couldn't get through it all in one shot, even though it's only like an hour and a half. That, that's an extremely short movie to have to break up in two pieces. Like, if you say I broke up Titanic, I get it. Yeah. This is hard to get through. It, it, it's one of those movies that really strikes me about, like, how different it was watching it as uh, an eight-year-old in my case and now watching it as a soon-to-be 40-year-old. I think I had an opposite reaction to it. I don't know. The whole time I was sitting there watching it, though, like the concept of time travel in and of itself is freaking dope. I mean, let's be honest. The ability to go anywhere in space and time. Yeah. How amazing would that be? Like, when was the last time you actually sat here and thought, if I had a time machine, where and when would I go? I, I just had that conversation last weekend. If you were going to, if you were going to tr- time travel, would you rather go into the past or into the future? You actually, no kidding, just had that conversation. Yes, I did. And most people seem to respond, I, w- I would rather see something from the past because I don't want to see what happens in the future or they might be depressed about like what the future might be like or whatever. Interesting that you say that because the whole premise, to I, I actually did watch Bill and Ted face the music. I didn't get to Bogus Journey. What's that? That's kind of the premise. That, oh, it's a, it's, it's a movie that just came out. So you you obviously wouldn't have known, known a of A Bill this. and Ted movie? Yeah, it's called Face the Music. It literally just came out what? a few days ago and that's kind of the premise the future is awful for them (laughs) like their life is not good so it's interesting that most people say the past because they're afraid of the future i must be weird because i want to go to the future because i want to see where humanity goes yeah i want to know what all of the chaos now and all of the decisions that are getting made now what that does for the future. I don't know if I would say go 30 years, 20 years into the future or 30 years and then like, I'm dead. Like I I wouldn't want to necessarily go to my future. Right. But I would want to see the future. Get me 100, 200 years into the future. So you wouldn't want to do the back to the future two thing is what I'm hearing. You wouldn't want to go into your future past or future self and see like well, you're like old and in a loveless marriage and with bratty kids and you wouldn't want to do the back to the future two thing. No, absolutely go far, not. Far into the future. I would go far, 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 far further. The, it was San Dimas, 2,688 AD 2688. So we're talking almost 700 years in the future. This is set. And, and yes, I agree. I would want to go into the future too. And I would want to go way into the future to see what it's like. Now, this San Dimas is actually very positive. It's, it's, it's not dystopian. It's everything is clean. The air is clean. The water is clean. Even the dirt is clean. What a cheesy line by George Carlin. I'm sure he didn't write the line. You know what? He did. Oh, shut He up. actually wrote <laughs> that opening sequence. That opening sequence where he talks directly to the camera at yeah. the very beginning. 
That was not in the the movie originally. They shot that, wrote that, and shot that later. And it was the majority of George Carlin was, was those were his words. And you can kind of tell by the rhythm to it and everything that it was George Carlin. And I remember my, my dad really liking him. That was kind of like a selling point. That was like what was cool for the parents who took their kids. Uh, their their 80s born kids to this thing is at least they got to see George Carlin and it's actually only his second movie. It's it's interesting that he was only in this was only a second movie because I I knew who he was back in the day. I didn't listen to a lot of his comedy, but I knew who he was because he had been around for so long. Right. Crazy that this is only his second movie. And what a great movie for it to be. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is a ride. I mean, it is a ride. The only thing that bo- I think the thing that bothers me the most about it is there's this huge elaborate setup. The first time they go back, the whole first thing they spend all of this time building the characters, mm-hmm. and then they go back and like steal a whole bunch of people from the fat past in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like all of the people. Five minutes. Abraham Lincoln. They just grab yes. from the office, yes. and that's it. It's yes. like. How would have they gotten into the White House to begin with? Because I'm right. I'm pretty certain. Well, they, even they just brought back, the, the the time machine just came in outside the hallway. You saw the light outside the door, and they just come in and grab him. Wasn't true. it Genghis Khan? Genghis Khan that just grabbed him and pulled him into the absolutely, the thing? absolutely. Yeah, there was a montage sequence where they grabbed like Joan of Arc and several Sigmund Freud and just grabbed him and went. Yeah, it is a dumb, cheesy movie, but it's fun. I I can't even give you an opinion on whether it holds up. It's enjoyable. It's cheesy. It's it is what it is. It's it's campy and and comedy and and not taking itself too seriously at all. And it, and it not at all. It, it doesn't take itself serious at all. And that's what's so great about it. Yeah. There's no world that we're like we're gonna sell you that this time machine is real and that we're gonna really take this serious. No. From the get-go, it's it's fun. And it's a great setup. It's the whole, like, flunking out of school. Yeah. You know, your your dad's about to send you to, to military school. Before we got on, you were mentioning you had some issues with the time machine in this movie. Uh, are you, you're giving it away that we pre-interview. Okay. Uh, well, well I, you didn't get there. You were kind of supposed to start with that, so... I figured we I figured we would get there, you know, you organically. I, oh, I, mean, okay. I thought we would organically get to the fact that let's <laughs> just it. let's just this is our organic approach. You baiting yes. me. Now, yes. it's I mean, first off, what kid if you showed this movie, speaking of holding up, if you showed this movie to a kid today, they would have no concept of what the telephone booth even is. So right. let's just start there as far Absolutely. as the would it hold up? But mm-hmm. here's what's interesting. I get that it was a cool telephone booth. And in 1988-89, that was sweet. Like, imagine getting into a phone booth, dialing a number, and going anywhere in space and time. How awesome would that be? However, it came from the future, 700 years into the future. Why in the hell would a time machine that looks like a phone booth come to today i'm glad you asked that question it's not an inconsistency it is it i don't know if it's explicitly stated in the first movie the second movie or if it's just part of bill and ted lore if there is such a thing as bill and ted lore let's um, let's go with there is (laughs) it's the time machine is actually the gold thing that you see in the opening credits do you remember how cheesy the opening credits are with the big gold 
thing coming down from the sky. With the music. It's like a prism. And it's just the most 80s opening ever. And it's just like, and it's just slowly rotating. It takes the shape of something from the era that it goes to. So if it would have gone back to the 1800s, it would have been like a, a horse and buggy, like a buggy for a horse and buggy. It ta- it's, it's contemporary. It cha- morphs into whatever it is. And in fact, so, so now does that, does that work? That it's, not, it's not shaped like a time machine in 700 years. It's, that's You're the right. form it takes in You're 1989. Right. And, and you know what? I just watched it. I still missed that. I, 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 that might just be part of like non canon lore. Right. You know, no, no, it wasn't stated. It was just if you actually pay right. attention to the opening credits, you'd go, oh, okay. It morphs into it that. It morphs into it. Now, I do like another reason I really like the phone booth is because you and I, one of the first films, if not the first film you ever made, was Time Machine. Right around this time, 1989, 1990, you made a movie with Andy G with a time machine made out of pipeworks, and it was a phone booth like this, and you actually did the stop-motion animation by turning the camera, VHS camera, off and on really quickly and disassembling and reassembling the machine, the pipework machine, a phone booth with a strobe light and everything, it had some pretty sweet effects. You know what? I do remember that. Um, it was not the first thing that we ever shot. You and I actually, other than just me playing around with the camera, you and I actually shot the first thing we ever did. Oh, that's right. This would have been like number two or three. And then we used it for other stuff. We even we even adopted the, the, the phone booth mentality with the Pipeworks for even one of our Terminator movies. So, Absolutely. The effect was great. Because it was great. You, you, it? You, you, you jam a, a strobe light in the dark. <laughs> I knew that if you hit record and stop recording right back to back, it would record mm-hmm. three about two quarters of a of a of a second. So as mm-hmm. you could assemble things, you could sandwich those together. It would actually be kind of a cool looking effect. You know, you know. Here's one of the reasons you know this: whether or not it's actually said in either of the the two first movies or not. The original script was entitled Bill and Ted's Time Van. Time Van. It was a van, not a toll booth. And so in that, it must have said something about they, they made it look like something from the 1980s, which was like a, a, an old van. Well, yeah, which they probably would have done that. But with Back to the Future having come out five years earlier or whatever it exactly. was. Exactly. How do you, you can't do time van. You're just copying. That was exactly right. Thank God it was the phone booth. I mean, as, as right. outdated as that is, it's still pretty sweet. Well, and you know, the funny thing, okay, so the, the phone book, the, the phone booth is very inconspicuous. Like if you just saw a phone booth, you wouldn't think it's a time machine. But how about when it's in the middle of a GD parking lot? Like it just comes out of nowhere and it's in the middle of the Circle K parking lot, not against the wall, not on the side of the building or on the street, right in the middle of the parking lot. Right and in that a, goes back right to in when it was a van. Spot. Yeah, right. right into a parking spot. So they rewrote everything else, but they forgot to not put it, you know, it's not a van anymore, so maybe you should put that, that phone booth, like, against a wall. Yeah. And then also, the way, but here's the thing, you know, you mentioned how it, like, it came down in the White House. The thing comes down from the sky. That was established, you ride the circuits of time, and then literally drop in in the world. Does it drop in, or does it come up? No, it drops in. Okay. When it leaves, it definitely goes down. Yeah, but you're right. When it when it arrives, it it just drops in from the space. So this thing would have it would have crashed through. Yes, it would have crashed through the White House. Like, okay, you can't tell me that, dude, that would have happened. 
Dude, they go back to caveman times in this. They break the fabric of time and space in this movie, okay? They go back in time and literally take Genghis Khan out from a bunch of people in front of everybody in ancient times. And that never came up on, on like, cave paintings or anything? Or, like, oral history or written history? Like, oh, yeah, Abraham Lincoln just mysteriously disappeared from the White House. But that, that never shows up in our history? Never translated into history. Never. So... It's funny because... But here's what the, I want to say, though. So if you don't mind me, can I, can I, can I cut you off? I have please. something I want to say. Yeah, I always cut you off. Face the music, which I know you aren't going to see for at least 20 years, if ever. Is that the new one? That's the new one. Okay. Uh, it, it, it actually sort of... I, I went into this movie thinking I was going to absolutely hate it. I mean, the trailer looks god-awful. What's interesting is it actually starts to answer some of these questions like you're bringing up. Mm. And it actually wasn't as bad as I thought. Kind of answers that space and time is migrating together. And it basically is them having to actually accomplish what the future said they would. And they're still 25 years later, has never wrote a hit other than the ones with death. They did the big ones with death and then everything tanked. And they've been trying to like figure out how to write the song that unites all of space and time and they don't have an in them. And it's about the journey of finding that. Here's what's funny to me. I, I know this is true for you too. I thought these guys were so cool when I was eight years old. I thought these guys, Bill and Ted were like the model of what it was like to be cool. And I have not watched it since back then. So, and I, and you and I used to talk like that, like that kind of, whoa, that bodacious, excellent, all of that kind of stuff became part of parlance. Yeah. Yeah. So 80s. And now looking at it, I realize those guys are major dorks. There's really (laughs) nothing that cool about them. They're nerds. And so when you and I thought we were being cool talking like that, we were just further alienating ourselves. Oh, 100%. But you know what? Everybody did. Everybody tried to emulate that. Most did. There was no one like cool in our... Come on. So it really started in in the mid-80s, and there was a lot of this in Fast Times and, and all of that stuff. But, I mean, 88, 89, 90, 91, that was, like, to me, the height of the whole... Whoa, excellent! It, because it was this and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that had nothing with the radical dudes, pizza, that kind of stuff. Like, this was it. Sure. I liked I liked Bill back then. I, I liked Bill and you liked Ted more. And and I always felt like Bill was a little bit more of kind of the, the leader and Ted was a little bit more of the... I mean, they're equal, but a little bit more of the sidekick, a little dumber, a little bit, you know, better looking, clearly. But I, I liked Bill better then and now. And I, I loved... Bill S. Preston, Esquire. I just, I always, from that from that very early age, I thought the word Esquire was cool. I didn't know what it meant. But then I thought it was cool and I heard it later. And I was so, that was one of the funniest thing about becoming a lawyer. I was so happy that I could now refer to myself as Esquire. So do you, do you, do you, go, do you go around the office and be like, please, uh, I am Adam J. Wince Esquire. Not, not now, but when I first started... I definitely went with Esquire, like everything. It helped legitimize me and it just sounded cool. And I just wanted to be Adam J. Wins Esquire. Let me go back to Bill and Ted's time van. They went back and got Hitler. Hitler was like the third main character in this. There was a Rufus, but Rufus, but he was a 28-year-old stoner. And like that's whose van it was. 
And it wasn't George Carlin, obviously. It would have been wow. much younger than that. So they went, they, Hitler was the big character, who, of course, was replaced by Napoleon. And that was a good choice. That was a very good they choice. Actually went <laughs> <laughs> they actually went back in time to the caveman days and taught the cavemen how to use, fi how to use fire. You know what they did with the fire that they, they, they invented for the cavemen? Creating a paradoxical time loop? They used it to light joints. No. So as you might imagine, this was a much different movie in the first round. It's a much different movie. And it sounds like all for the better. Yes. <laughs> I don't think you would I don't think we would be having talking about Bill and Ted's excellent adventure today if it was Bill and Ted's, you know, van and they were sparking joints with, you know, cavemen. I I, I don't <laughs> think Hitler we would have and all that. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> Oh I my mean, God! Funny. I mean, there's some. I'm sure there's some funny stuff in that script, but I think we ended up with a much better all-around movie. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Alex Winter. Of course, everybody knows Keanu Reeves as Ted. Alex Winter had, had never really. It, the only thing he had really done before this was Lost Boys, which the, the vampire movie with uh, yep. Corey Feldman and all that. Um, th that was pretty much it. And he hasn't really done anything major since then. He did something in like 93 or whatever. But but he that's pretty much his entire acting career. And, you know, I didn't think he was too bad. Not the most attractive looking man, but... You're right. He didn't do a whole lot after. And maybe that was by choice. Maybe that was yeah, industry. Yeah, I think it was. You know, who knows? And, and, and he became a director and, 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 and he, you know, he didn't die of a drug overdose. It's not like he, he was just a washed up, couldn't do anything. He's, and he looks good. They both do. They both, they both have aged pretty well. I mean, think about how long ago that was, man. We're talking 31 years ago. Yeah. I, I mean, I was eight. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. This, so I, I like the, the one part that does make sense in terms of, I'm a big time travel guy. I love time travel stories, you know, Terminator Same. 2, Back to the Future. The, the time travel part that does work is when they go and meet themselves in the parking lot. Like that is an actual, like that loop does close itself. Everything else is completely f they don't, I mean, think about the, the butterfly effect to this, like taking Billy the kid out of a saloon and, and just, yeah. Well, you no, you know, said it best. Leaders. You said it best. Why were there not like carving, like painting <laughs> carved on stone showing mm. a, weird futuristic box yeah stealing genghis khan so they don't they don't tie that continuity up at all but but they uh, kind of do and face the music tell me all the ripples are causing people of all space and time to be mixed together like the pyramids are showing up in san Dimas and like cool one part that i didn't get at the time that i think is absolutely hilarious now your stepmom is cute dude Remember when we remember when she was a senior and we were freshmen? Remember when I asked her to the prom? <laughs> yes. Shut yes. up, Ted. His his dad is married to a girl that's like three years older than they are. Yeah. I do like the, the premise of the movie in theory. I like the premise about, you know, failing out of college and they gotta pass or out of high school and they gotta pass their thing and the whole threat of the uh, of going off to military camp. And I, but, and I, I like, in theory, the, the premise of going back and getting historical figures. Honestly, they didn't do a lot with them. They, they didn't do as... I know it's got to be a short film. And the, you know the original cut of this was about two and a half hours. And so they cut out an hour's worth of material. No, did they That was really? shot. Um, but, but they could have done more. It must have like, been really bad. By the way, yeah. <laughs> to cut an hour off the movie. I, I think this movie could have been one of the biggest comedies 
maybe of the 80s, if they would have made it a little bit more educational. I mean, fun and interesting and funny educational, but if they would have taken the extra step to like really contextualize and teach kids who these kids are in a fun way, yep. then, then I think parents would have liked it. It, it could have been maybe a movie that they showed in school and stuff. It could have been, you know, a, a, just a bigger movie had it been broader and really done the most with the premise that they could have. And that was what was that was what was so cool about about this film is that you it kind of puts two, you know, dorks who aren't the popular kids who have no clue who think history is stupid and boring. Yeah, I used to think history was stupid and boring when I was young. Now I now it excites me more. This could have been something where you kind of like open the mind of children to go like, look, you don't have to love it, but look how cool it is. Yeah. And it it, yeah. it did that to a degree, but it could have gone so much farther. Absolutely. And, and I think you can, t you know how you mentioned they pick up like five people in five minutes. Yeah. I You'll notice at the beginning, they spent more time with Billy the Kid. They spent more time with Socrates, who I still to this day think of as Socrates. Like if I had to spell it in college, in my philosophy classes, I was always Socrates. And, and, and I didn't know, I knew Billy the Kid. I knew Napoleon. I, I knew Beethoven. I don't think I knew who Joan of Arc was. I definitely didn't know who Sigmund Freud was. I didn't know who Genghis Khan was. And they don't really teach you. No, they don't. And 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 to top that whole thing off, Billy the Kid, that's mm -hmm. what you're going to spend the most amount of time yeah. on? Yeah. Like yeah. he wasn't really that historically relevant. No. So like or, or that a, interesting in the movie. Or, or that interesting. So spend a lot more time on somebody interesting. Right. I mean Napoleon, yes, is arguably more interesting. But yeah. but then he's not even with them. He's I did he's like off Napoleon. With the brother. Yes. Napoleon, I, I like the actor. I thought he was well portrayed. Like, as, as far as the historical figures, I thought he was good. Absolutely. I, I, thought, I thought he was funny. I thought he looked the part, acted the part. And, and, and he was kind of not an antagonist, but there was like, that was kind of the B plot, you know? Sure, sure. And, 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 and it worked. My parents really sheltered me. It was right around like even PG movies were like somewhat questionable to take your kids to. And I would always get like worried when stuff started getting racy. And Napoleon, he doesn't say it in English, but he wipes out on the bowling alley and goes sliding on the bowling alley and goes over and over and over in, in, in French. And, and, it, and it's, it spells it out. And I'm like, oh, I hope dad doesn't take me out of the theater right now. Yeah, well, that's because PG-13 really wasn't a big thing back then. That's why there was like, there was like yeah. nudity in PG movies back in the early 80s. You know, like, okay, Sigmund Freud, who of course I know now, didn't know at the time, but I thought it was hilarious that he's uh, he's holding the hot dog while he goes up and tries to hit on teenage girls at the mall. He goes up and he's got the corn dog, and as he's striking out, it just goes it just goes down and droops down and droops down. <laughs> I just thought that was, that's a joke that I got now that I thought was yeah. hilarious. You're not going to get that at eight. No, the mall scene, the mall scene was hilarious. I thought the mall was the highlight of the movie. I, I thought it was, that's when they really took the premises all the way with it. I loved the sure. idea. I, and I, I kind of caught up in the magic and wonder 
when and, and the, the awe and wonder of movie making and the premise when Beethoven is in the music shop and he's playing synthesizers and he just pushes a button and it starts making this this ambient sound, you know, it's yep. not just a piano and it's like mind blown. And that actor did a great job of showing like the, Whoa, what is this? And then he's just playing on it. You know, Genghis Khan goes to the sporting goods store and puts, you know, the starts bat taking bats the club. And, and beating up the mannequins, <laughs> you know, sh football shoulder pads. And, uh, and, and that's hilarious. Joan of Arc goes to the, uh, the aerobics. Goes to the workout class. Yeah. <laughs> the aerobics. The 80s, like Jane Fonda style workout yeah. and pushes the girl out of the way. I, yeah. I don't remember no, did Billy it, the it, Kid go and start shooting stuff at a at a at an arcade. I just love that 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 him him and Freud and um uh Socrates, Socrates. as yeah. you put it, uh are are over hitting on the 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 girls at the table. Like they're they're yeah. more interested in picking up chicks. <laughs> I loved it. Even Socrates too, who you know was a great philosopher and thinker and yeah. from ancient Greece and you never knew that that wow, he was he was into the ladies. Yeah. That was a nice little show. So uh, yeah, I, I thought the the movie for me peaked at the mall. The, the the end, of course, was was pretty cool, but it didn't. It, again, it didn't teach us anything. It didn't really. No. It, 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 they could have maybe at the very end snuck in some actual educational stuff to kind of justify it all and make your parents glad that you took your kids to this movie. Yeah, I mean, you'd think they would have. I mean, even even a couple lines of dialogue or a, or a, a few moments. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't even need to take away from the movie, and you could have had that element that you're talking about. But, mm -hmm. I mean, it sets up the premise that this movie basically says time travel's cool, history's not. <laughs> Rather than, That's exactly right. Rather than saying, rather than saying, time travels cool, and look at all that you can do and learn. Right. They kind of like it's about learning, and then they never learn. I mean, even the big report at the end, there's nothing substantial to the big, the big climactic end when he's introduced. They're introducing all of the characters from the past. They don't really say that much. No. That isn't the most on-the-nose thing. You don't dive into any of it. It's just, there they are. And look yep. at how cool it is. And the lights are going on. And, and, and that's it. Remember, remember how I had to break this short movie up over two viewings? Yeah, by the an hour and a half movie in two yeah. viewings. Yeah. I hate to even admit this. I never even... I, I, I cut it off at the very, very end and I was going to get back to the last five minutes or so. Like during the presentation, I had something yeah. else I needed to do. I didn't get back to it before the end of my 48-hour rental. Dang. Do they do they take them back? They had to have taken yeah. them back no, to the time, right? No, they do. Yeah, they do. And they show them taking them back and then they get the babes and they, do they take the babes to prom or whatever? No, no. Carlin, George Carlin goes back and rescues them for Bill and Ted suddenly <laughs> shows up with princesses in your garage. Whoa. The, the last thing I'll have to say about the time loop and, and, and just the absurdity of the premise. Okay. So I get the idea that they make, they do something great and make revolutionize the world and make, you know, the next 700 years a utopia. I, I can get behind the wild stallions premise and then that needs to happen and all that stuff. Okay. So far, so good. Why exactly did they have to use the time machine that many times? Like, couldn't they have done it some other way? Did it really involve 
them becoming famous musicians, did it have anything to do with them going back and getting historical figures and passing this report? Passing the report, sure. But couldn't they have used the time machine to go back in time and just write a good report? Do they really have to go and altered space and time well yeah that would have been a really universe? boring movie that would have been a really boring movie <laughs> but they answer that in face the music all right 20 years i'll watch it maybe 30 